How are you feeling today? Are you feeling alive and energetic or lethargic and weak? Listen to your heart. Welcome to the Healing Whisper, a return to peace. Your host for the hour is Dr. Marianne Chase. When we fail to understand and work on the root cause of our stress and illness, we seem to be in a never-ending spiral of poor health and low energy. It's time to re-harness that potential in order to live a better life. Now, here's Dr. Marianne. Hello, this is Dr. Marianne Chase, and I am thrilled to have you with me today. Today, I have a wonderful guest who is a pharmacist, and she will be talking about, is it an allergy or an intolerance? But before I get into that, I would like everybody to know you can reach me or connect with me on my Facebook page, The Healing Whisper, as well well as Twitter, LinkedIn, and my website, thehealingwhisper.com. I'd also like everybody to know that you can head on over to voiceamerica.tv and check out my videos over there. I have two types of videos. One is about gardening, and it's just not simply a gardening show, but a show about gardening mindfully, as well as the other type of video has to do with healing, the healing codes videos. And so head on over there. Also, I would like everybody to know this wonderful little disclaimer, which this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, heal, or cure anything. Everything contained in this show is strictly the opinion of myself, Dr. Marianne Chase, and today's guest, Sherry Torcos. Please always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any concerns that you may have. And I would like to say welcome, Sherry, to the show. I'm really excited about our subject today. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Well, let me tell our audience a little bit about you. Sherry Torcos is a pharmacist, author, certified fitness instructor, and a health enthusiast who enjoys sharing her passion with others. She graduated with honors from the Philadelphia College of Pharmacy and Science in '92. Since that time, she's been practicing holistic pharmacy in the Niagara region of Ontario. Her philosophy of practice is to integrate conventional and complementary therapies to optimize health and prevent disease. Sherry has won several National Pharmacy Awards for providing excellence in patients' care. As a leading health expert, she has delivered hundreds of lectures to medical professionals and the public. Sherry is frequently interviewed on news shows throughout North America and abroad. She has authored 18 books and booklets, including Saving Women's Hearts, and the Canadian Encyclopedia of Natural Medicine and the Glycemic Index Made Simple. 
Well, with 18 books and booklets, uh, Sherry, you've just got a lot out there for um, everything there. And um, so tell me, is it difficult as a pharmacist talking with the medical profession to realize that there is something beyond beyond the the uh, uh, pill? I would say that years ago when I first started practicing, it was much more difficult. I've been practicing over 25 years now, so I find the environment now is much more receptive. We see doctors and other pharmacists and nurses and other types of practitioners that are embracing utilizing holistic therapies where appropriate. But when I started practicing this way in the mid-90s, I would say there was a bit of a, um, there was a lot of skepticism. And, you know, I I do understand, um, you know, being trained as a pharmacist, and I have a lot of friends and colleagues that are doctors, you know, we are taught that, you know, these are all the diseases of the human body, and we understand them very well, and we're taught how you treat those diseases, you know, surgical interventions and medications, prescription drugs, and not enough time was really spent on, you know, really understanding the underlying causes of diseases and how you know, what an impact diet, um, nutrition, um, stress management, exercise, supplements, how um, how vital those other elements can be in helping a person. So it's only been, I would say, in the last maybe 10 to 15 years that I've noticed a big shift in terms of they are teaching more of this now in medical school and pharmacy school. We're learning more about these therapies. We are seeing um, their value legitimized through good clinical research, so more robust studies. Um, a lot of the big teaching institutes, national institutes of health and other places that are funding some of the research. The research is not just being carried out in foreign countries in China and India and other places, but you see a lot of the really good research coming out of North America. So, you know, the environment has changed. Um, but, I, you know, I, I do recall vividly when I first started practicing with more of a holistic focus, there, there was a lot of skepticism among the doctors I worked with. And, you know, it took, um, you know, me doing a lot of continuing education programs for them and working with them and showing them the science and also for them to see firsthand the positive patient outcomes for them to really um, be like, "Uh uh-huh, okay, there's something more here, something we should be open-minded to. Yeah. So it sounds like when you first got out of pharmacy school and started to practice, you really had determined that you would have that holistic approach. So what was the one thing in your life, if you could say one thing, that really led you in this direction. Well, I think, you know, there were really, for me, two pivotal experiences that that got me into this direction. And the first was the fact that as um, a teenager, a child even, I, I suffered with undiagnosed celiac disease for a long period of time. And I'm talking about... Ooh, over 10 years, well over 10 years with severe symptoms, physical, emotional symptoms, everything from the typical gastrointestinal gas, bloating, diarrhea, to um, being covered in eczema, I lost my hair, lost my night vision, all of these things, depression. Um, so it, it took me a long time before I was diagnosed and my body had suffered widespread nutrient deficiencies as a result. I was misdiagnosed over and over again, given a lot of prescription drugs that were Um, not only not effective, but also had a lot of adverse effects on my health. So that experience was, 
you know, had a, it was really profound in terms of, you know, my understanding of the importance of nutrition, what happens if the body, you know, if you're ingesting something that your body can't process, how it can affect your health, the outcome of, you know, not absorbing nutrients, how that can lead to, you know, profound vitamin, mineral, essential fatty acid deficiency. So I took that experience with me. I went to pharmacy school, learned, had a great education. I went to school at, in Philadelphia at the Philadelphia College of Pharmacy and Science, very prestigious school, top-notch. Um, they did a, a great, tremendous job teaching me about disease states and drug therapy, and, and you know, that's, uh, you know, valuable. Still today, I do believe that drugs have their place, but when I first started practicing, I just felt uh, like m- there was something more I could do, and I was feeling a bit discouraged just seeing people rely on prescription drugs to fix their problems, not right. taking responsibility, and, um, you know, a patient would be have high blood sugar because maybe they were overweight and their diet was poor and not exercising, then they take one drug and then they get side effects and need another drug and all kinds of problems develop from that. And I found that, you know, the reality was a lot of the doctors that I worked with didn't have the time to educate people on diet and exercise and all those things. And, well, pharmacists were busy too, but I just really felt that it was, you know, a good thing for there's something I could do that could have a powerful impact. And so I, you know, over the you know course of my career, just gradually started to change the way I practiced and the advice that I gave patients and, you know, even, again, uh, working with doctors one-on-one to help, you know, improve their understanding of some of the things that I was doing. But, again, the target was always to improve those patient outcomes. Right. And so this actually leads us perfectly into the subject that, that you wanted to talk about, and that is the difference between a food allergy and a food intolerance. Now, I do have to add that when I was a small child, and we're talking the early 60s here, I was diagnosed with lots of food allergies. And you know, at that time, Sherry, uh, allergies were considered kind of out there that really, what's an allergy? So actually, can you tell us the difference between an allergy and an intolerance. Sure, because I think, you know, sometimes the, the terms are, are used interchangeably, but there are big differences in terms of what is happening in the body. When we're talking about food allergies, we're talking about an immune system reaction to a component of a food, and some of the most common food allergies that people experience today are allergies to peanuts, to eggs, to shellfish, you hear people having, you know, bizarre, less common allergy reactions to things like kiwi and strawberries and pineapple. But really the big ones, I would say, are, are peanuts, eggs, dairy. Wheat is also a one that a lot of people have allergic reactions to. And what, what's happening in the body is that the immune system is overreacting. It's reacting inappropriately to something that should otherwise be, you know, benign. But the immune system mounts a reaction. Part of that reaction is histamine is released and different chemical mediators in the body that triggers inflammation. And um, you get a whole bunch of different things that are going on in the body, but the end result to the person is it can be a mild reaction where they get some tissue swelling, some congestion, runny nose, maybe they are itchy, they have a rash, or there can be a more serious reaction, severe, where there's anaphylactic shock. So, so that's the food allergies, and for people that have those, they often rely on using um, EpiPens to counter the reaction. Obviously, they have to avoid ingesting those food ingredients, carry um, measures to um, kind of as an antidote. 
but there's some interesting research now, too, going on in terms of um, how we can desensitize people to some of these allergies. And, I, you know, they're trying to introduce little amounts of peanuts, for example, to a person in a hospital environment, um, almost like homeopathics in a way, to try to desensitize okay. them. So, and so that's, that's food allergies. And then food intolerances. This is... Um, Food intolerance is something that happens when the body can't digest a component of a food. Now, I mentioned that I have celiac disease, which is a gluten intolerance. That's right. becoming very popular. I mean, so many people today have celiac or gluten intolerance, but also there's lactose intolerance and histamine intolerance. And I would say of the three main food intolerances, histamine is very common yet not as well understood. And a lot of people often go a long period of time before they're even appropriately diagnosed or that they can determine they have a histamine intolerance. Well, now, histamines are what our bodies produce when an allergy, allergen is introduced to our bodies. Is, is that correct or is it the antihistamines that are produced? We produce the histamine. So histamine is a chemical. It's naturally released by your mast cells, which are a type of uh, white blood cell that play a vital role in the immune system. And it's uh, one of the chemicals that's released in, in terms of your allergic response to either pollen or like seasonal allergies, or it can also be released in response to something you've eaten. And normally our body breaks down histamine. We have a, a, an enzyme called diamine oxidase or DAO that breaks down histamine in our body and and uh, we're able then to go about our business and not suffer but um, some people just produce high amounts of histamine or they have low amounts of diamine oxidase um, or they are ingesting lots of histamines through food and that can be uh, a problem so for example uh, foods that are very high in histamine include red wine even white wine to a smaller extent champagne, beer, so fermented beverages. You have your aged cheeses and meats, which always go nice, wine, cheese, and meat. But if you're histamine intolerant, that can be a problem. Um, Breads also have histamines, pickled vegetables, nuts, some dried fruits, even the healthy drinks like uh, kombucha and green tea and yogurt and kefir, they're higher in histamine. So if a person is ingesting a lot of histamines in their diet and their body's not breaking it down, that can lead to symptoms, and the symptoms that we see with histamine intolerance are some symptoms that are common with other food intolerances. Namely, you can have gas, bloating, upset stomach, but then there's also the um, the flushing, the headache. There can be racing heart, um, an increase in your blood pressure. Uh, people can get fatigue, um, watery eyes, and tissue swelling, which again we see with histamine reactions to allergens in the environment, but if you're, again, taking in a lot of these histamines through your diet and your body's not breaking them down, you can suffer some pretty horrible side effects. Well, that's that's pretty significant, especially because right now we're in the season of eating, <laughs> and we <laughs> see all of those things when we go to our multitudinous uh, Christmas parties and holiday parties and New Year's parties, and so... Just having a histamine intolerance is a fairly significant issue. Um, So, Sherry, we're real close to needing a break. Let me just ask one question, and in 30 seconds or less, I know you can answer this question, is there a blood test to 
find out if you are histamine intolerant. There, there are blood tests that can be done to check your histamine levels as well as your levels of the enzyme needed to break down histamine, which is DAO, the diamine oxidase. However, the blood levels are not particularly accurate. They tell you what your level is at that moment in time, and therefore um, clinicians typically don't rely on blood testing for histamine or for diamine oxidase when they're trying to determine if a person has histamine intolerance. We either will do a an elimination diet, and we can get into that after the break, or we try um, do a trial with an enzyme, the DAO enzyme, to see if that um, resolves the symptoms. That seems to be the better way to go because, again, the blood testing is, is not highly accurate or reflective of what's happening in the body. Well, that's good to know. So, folks, we'll get into more of the details about this when we come back from the break. Don't go away. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Mary Ann is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. Like many of us, do you feel constantly tired or run down? Weight gain, sugar addiction, stress, and other health issues wear down our bodies and our spirits. You can take control of these and get yourself back on track. Tune into Living Life Naturally with host Lynn Wadsworth. Lynn can help you lower or get rid of migraines, help you maintain a healthy weight, deal with hormone imbalances, and more. Listen live every Friday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Real Life Solutions. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. This is Dr. Marianne Chase, and my guest today is Sherry Torcos, a pharmacist who is telling us about the difference between a food allergy and a food intolerance. Just before the break, we were talking about a histamine intolerance and uh, how a person can find out if they have a histamine intolerance. So you were talking about an elimination diet. 
what does that look like? And should people be going into that during this season of eating? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody's going to want to give up their favorite foods as we go into the holidays. And so with an elimination diet, and it's, it's always important for people to work with a doctor or a dietitian or a nutritionist when they're trying to do something like this to get advice, but you, you might identify certain foods that have a more, that are commonly uh, found to be triggers of intolerances or allergies, you go to a very strict diet, avoiding all those foods, and then you gradually reintroduce them. Now, when it comes to histamine, it's tricky because histamine, it's, it's not just in the, um, the indulgent foods like the beer, the wine, the cheese, and the meat. It's also in the healthy things, as I mentioned, like green tea and kombucha and uh, even coffee, chocolate, yogurt. Um, you know, it's, it's really present in a lot of different places. So an elimination diet, when I have talked to different patients about trying that approach is not something most people are willing to do. And especially as we're getting into the holidays, I think a much more practical approach is to, first of all, there's an, a self-evaluation survey that you can do to see if this is something that you might be experiencing. If you go to daodeficiency.org, that's daodeficiency.org, there's a self-evaluation survey that you can do. And you can also order a trial of a couple capsules of the um, enzymes. It's called Umbrellax DAO. It's the diamine oxidase enzyme that your body needs to break down the histamine. So if you think you have this problem and you take the enzyme about 15 to 20 minutes before you eat the high histamine foods, for most people that will ameliorate the symptoms. So the symptoms go away. It, it basically provides your body with what you need to break down the histamines and it renders them... Um, um, you know, uh, process so that your body is able to deal with it versus when you have these high levels of histamine and your body's not breaking them down. A lot of people will experience the headaches, the hives, the flushing, the upset stomach, the gas bloating, and, and that's, that's no fun. So I would encourage people to check that out. Having the blood testing done again, just to go back to that, not highly accurate and it's very expensive not covered by all insurance companies, so it's not really a practical uh, or valuable thing to do at this point. There may be better testing down the road, but um, when you try the DAO enzyme, that typically is, is a better strategy. And I should mention, too, that the enzymes, they only need to be taken just before you eat foods that, or drinks that have histamine. You don't have to take it several times throughout the day. You don't have to take it every day. You only take it before you're having a meal, like, say, if you're going out for pizza and beer or if you're having wine and cheese, then you would take it beforehand. And uh, it works locally in the digestive system. It's not something that is absorbed into the bloodstream. So people, you know, patients that will ask me, you know, will this interfere with my medication? or if I have high blood pressure or diabetes, can I take this? Shouldn't be any problem because, again, it's not absorbed into the bloodstream. It just acts locally in the gut. Okay. Now, let me kind of take a step back and ask, now, histamine intolerance. We've heard about insulin intolerance, which is really caused by the eating of too much sugar over too long a period of time. So now what is causing this histamine intolerance, if we know? And and that is a great question. And we do know um, for the majority of people that have histamine intolerance, it's actually caused by a deficiency of the enzyme DAO. So according to the research, about 70% of people that have histamine intolerance have a deficiency of the enzyme DAO. 
So who would be at risk of having a DAO deficiency? Well, we're looking at people that have gastrointestinal diseases. So anybody that has Crohn's disease, colitis, irritable bowel, celiac disease, dysbiosis, which is um, an upset in your normal bacteria flora that can occur secondary to taking antibiotics or if you've traveled to foreign countries and you've had you know, some kind of a bacterial infection that can affect your normal gut flora. Even stress can do that as well. Stress is actually a risk factor for a DAO deficiency. So people that have digestive diseases, they're at greater risk and that's because um, a good portion of the DAO that our body naturally produces is produced by cells in the gut, enterocytes in the gut. So they're a type of uh, cell that produce that enzyme. So if you have digestive-related diseases, you're at risk. Also, as we get older, we become at greater risk. We produce less of this enzyme as we age, unfortunately. So that means <laughs> that, yes, you may be able to have your, your pizza and beer when you're in your teens and 20s, no problem. Then all of a sudden maybe you hit 30, 40, and you find out, gosh, when I eat these foods, I don't feel good. I have a headache. I get hives. I get bloated. My stomach doesn't feel good. My heart races. For me, you know, and I just came across um, this about a year ago within the last year that I had histamine intolerance because I had celiac disease that predisposed me to having this. And I just noticed in the, and I'm in my late forties by, and just in the last couple of years, I've been finding if I have a glass of wine, it would give me a headache, racing heart, and I couldn't sleep at night. And then when I finally identified that it was histamine intolerance, I started taking the uh, the diamine oxidase, the DAO enzyme, before I'd have a glass of wine or my you know aged cheeses or whatever, and made the world of difference. Now I don't drink a lot, but I do like to have an occasional glass of wine, and I don't want to feel miserable when I do that. Right, right. Even with just mm-hmm. a glass of wine, now. Uh, you mentioned several conditions, uh, but one of the conditions I did not hear was just your simple, if you want to call it that, leaky gut syndrome, that so many people have problems with leaky gut. Is this going to predispose somebody to a DAO deficiency? Yes, indeed. Uh, Leaky gut is in that group as well. Um, And, yeah, we're talking all types of digestive diseases, and you're right. Leaky gut is something that so many people suffer from, in particular people that have um, Crohn's, colitis, irritable bowel, the inflammatory diseases, also celiac disease, uh, people that have had intestinal infections. Sometimes it can occur secondary to stressful events. But, yes, leaky gut, inflammation, digestive-related problems, that is a risk factor for having a deficiency of this enzyme. Well, yeah, as I understand it, and I may be off base here, Sherry, but uh, as I understand it, uh, leaky gut can be caused just by having that imbalance of the gut flora. And uh, one of the histamine in to- uh, foods that helps with Getting that gut flora back in balance is, for example, the kombucha or any cultured food. <laughs> so it's yeah, almost cultured like foods. I was going to say yeah, yeah, it's almost like right. robbing Peter to pay Paul. 
Yeah, totally. And it's it's tricky because the, the kombucha, also the um, kefir and the yogurt, the things that contain the beneficial bacteria, they are helpful for correcting um, a problem with leaky gut, which can occur, as you mentioned, secondary to an imbalance in microflora. And yet these foods are also high in histamine. So you have to be a bit careful um, when you're consuming these. If you've been assessed and found or determined to have histamine intolerance, you have to go easy on some of those beverages and um, you may be in a place where a probiotic supplement would be a better choice Um, and that's what I would recommend versus having some of these fermented beverages because you're not just getting the beneficial bacteria but you're also getting the histamines unfortunately. Now I always encourage people food is your best source of nutrients where possible but if you have a severe histamine intolerance you may need to lower your intake of cultured and fermented foods and get your probiotics through supplement until you're able to correct your microflora balance and get your system literally back on track. Right. Now, so as we age, you've already said, we do reduce the amount of enzymes that we are producing in our gut. Now, if a person is histamine intolerant, uh, being on this supplement of DAO is would it be considered pretty much of a lifetime thing or is DAO available through any food that we eat? Yeah, very good question. Um, in some cases, you know, it's really hard to know whether a person will need this, you know, long term. If if their digestive problems, if their DAO deficiency is um, due to aging, um, chances are, you know, your body is not all of a sudden going to start producing more DAO as you get older. The opposite happens. If you're, you know, in your teens or 20s and you determine that you have histamine intolerance, DAO deficiency, and you also have other digestive-related issues, Crohn's, colitis, irritable bowel, dysbiosis, microflora imbalance, if you can get yourself back on track and sort it out, that improve your digestion, that may help to improve it. So um, that's that's something to consider. Uh, there are some foods, and you asked about foods that we can eat, and certainly you know, I've talked a lot about some of the problematic foods, but there are some foods you want to put on your list if you have histamine intolerance. These are foods that can actually help your case. Um, and top of the list would be olive oil. Olive oil is a great source of oleic acid, and it can help to increase the amount of DAO that your system releases by significant amounts. So having olive oil instead of other oils or, you know, choose some other healthy oils too, um, I think sometimes we become so fat-phobic we're trying to cut down on fat and we may be missing out on some of these beneficial oils uh, and definitely want to add olive oil um, into your diet. Also, chicken is a good source of protein to include in your diet. Um, which also helps to liberate DAO. Um, trying to think of some other foods I would recommend that are good because they can help to um, your body to metabolize histamine. Um, onions, pomegranate, they're helpful as well. Wow, pomegranate. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pom- pomegranate's great. I mean, it's it's not always the, the most fun to peel and get those little seeds out, but, you know, such a great source of nutrition and antioxidants. Right, right. Um, so now you have a DAO supplement that uh, you recommend. How would people get a hold of that particular supplement? 
Right. So I am, um, yeah, this is one that I take myself. I don't sell my supplements or um, in myself or on my website or anything like that, but this is one that I have come across that I have found to be very helpful um, in managing my histamine intolerance and my DAO deficiency, and it's called Umbrellex, and that is spelled U-M-B-R-E-L-L-U-X. D-A-O, so Umbrellax D-A-O, and um, you can check out, there's, um, I think they have their own website, that company, that's right, you know, you can get more information, order it, UmbrellaxDAO.com, but as I mentioned, there's also a website where you can uh, look at the self-evaluation tool for DAO deficiency, and if you go to DAODeficiency.org, that's a really helpful site to check out, so I'd encourage um, people to, um, you know, if they're listening and this is something that's resonating, sounds like, wow, I wonder if this is what's happening to me, um, take a look at that. You, you only have to take it um, 15, 20 minutes before you have a meal, or if you're going out for a couple of drinks, you take it before, helps your body to break down the histamine so you feel better, um, and the good thing is it's not something you have to take for, say, a couple of days to get an effect. It works right away, and it doesn't have long-standing effects either. So if you take it, say, in the evening, you're having um, pizza and beer for dinner or whatever it may be, um, it, it, it just works locally for um, it's about an hour, so it's in your system, in your digestive tract, not absorbed into the bloodstream, and then uh, the next day, you wouldn't need to take it unless you're eating high histamine foods. Right. Okay. So well, it doesn't stay around for a long subject- time. Yeah, while we're on the subject of where do we find this supplement, uh, could you let our audience know how to get in contact with you or follow you? Yes, for sure. You can check out my website. It's sherrytorkus.com. That's S-H-E-R-R-Y. T-O-R-K-O-S. You can check out SherryTorkus.com. And I have a blog that I have posted on my site um, that really um, summarizes this whole issue of histamine intolerance, DAO deficiency, so you can read about that. And uh, I also have a Facebook page. It's at holistic.sherry. So holistic.sherry on Facebook, and you can check me out there. Great. Wonderful. And... um Very briefly, before the break, now, we've been talking about histamine intolerance, and we started the show with talking about the difference between an allergy and a food intolerance. Now, I would say that you are an expert in gluten (laughs) As, as a celiac. Is gluten an allergy or an intolerance? Gluten, um, celiac disease is an intolerance, but there are some people that have wheat allergy, so that's very different. Wheat allergy is um, an immune system uh, reaction to wheat, uh, very different from gluten. And, and, and likewise, there's people that, um, that if they have a wheat allergy, they just have to cut wheat out of their diet. They can still have barley, oats, and... Um, other gluten-containing grains, but they just have wheat they have to avoid. Now, if you have celiac disease, which is gluten intolerance, your body cannot break down that gluten. You have to remove all gluten from your diet. So that includes wheat. It includes rye. Includes barley and most commercial forms of oats. And the reason oats are in there is that oats themselves in their pure form do not contain any gluten, 
but the um, kind of oats that you see in the grocery store, the quick cooking oats, even the steel cut oats, the cereals that have oats, most of them contain gluten and it's introduced during the processing, the, um, the milling and the processing of the grains. Oats get contaminated with wheat. Now, there are companies that do have pure, uncontaminated, gluten-free oats, like uh, Bob's Red Mill. That's one brand that I know is gluten. Um, they have a gluten-free uh, option, so you have to read your, your packages very carefully. And I have to say, you know, I've been celiac since the mid-'80s. It's so easy now for me to eat out because there are so many options that are gluten-free, but you know, 25 years ago was not so easy. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. People would look at you sideways about that because, well, I hesitate to say about 45 years ago, I was diagnosed with a wheat allergy. Not gluten, but wheat allergy. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, folks, when we come back from the break, we will talk more about allergies versus intolerances. Don't go away. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. 
If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Hello, this is Dr. Marianne Chase, and my guest today is Sherry Torcos. And we've been talking about food allergies, food intolerances, as well as histamine intolerances. But before we get back into the show, I'd like to remind everybody that you can connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, my website, thehealingwhisper.com, and head on over to voiceamerica.tv to check out my videos over there. Well, Sherry, now we talked about wheat versus allergy versus a gluten intolerance. And during the break, you did mention to me that uh, there are a few more food and lifestyle choices that uh, you can allow into your daily routine if you do have a histamine intolerances. So what might that be? Right. So, we, yeah, we've talked a lot about the things you have to avoid, but the good news is there's plenty of healthy things that you can include in a low histamine diet. So I mentioned the um, olive oil, the chicken, the pomegranate, onions. Those are all great foods to include in your diet if you have histamine intolerance. You can also add fresh fish to that list, eggs, uh, gluten-free grains like quinoa and rice. They are also very low in histamines. And when it comes to fruits, try mango, uh, watermelon, uh, kiwi, apple, pear, cantaloupe, grapes. They're low in histamine. Um, vegetables are a lot of vegetables. There's really very few vegetables, only your pickled vegetables that you have to watch out for in terms of high histamine. Um, with the exception, we, we sometimes think of tomatoes as a vegetable, but they're truly a fruit. Tomatoes do have high amounts of histamine in them, um, but include lots of vegetables in your diet. Um, also, um, I mentioned the olive oil, which is great, but coconut oil is another beneficial oil that is very low and beneficial if you have histamine intolerance, so think about adding that. Right. Now, when a person has a food intolerance, and, and it doesn't necessarily matter what kind of food, once they get their gut healthy and going well, will there be times that they can eat that food or that histamine-containing food just on rare occasions, say, for uh, parties or what have you? Right, and it's really individual. I've talked to some people that um, suspect they have histamine intolerance and they can still tolerate a glass of wine, a little bit of high histamine foods here and there. And other people are much more sensitive. They can't tolerate barely any histamines and they have to take, um, like avoid or minimize those foods and take the DAO enzyme before they, they eat any high histamine foods, so or low histamine foods, I should say. So it, it really is, um, there's great variance in terms of people's symptoms and also their sensitivity. And I think that's similar too with celiac disease. Now, people that have celiac disease, they're supposed to be on a 100% strict gluten-free diet, but everybody's level of sensitivity seems to be different. I myself am very sensitive. If I had just a couple of crumbs in my salad, and this has happened at restaurants where I say no croutons, they put croutons in, then they must pick them out in the back, bring it back out, I get a couple (laughs) croutons, I get really sick. Whereas I know other people with celiac disease, they can have a little bit and it doesn't bother them, but truly, if you have celiac, you need to be 100% strict because even if you're not developing symptoms, it could be causing damage to your intestine. Um, I think that when it comes to looking at 
how your digestive health impacts this condition as well as just overall health, um, it does make sense that if you improve gut health by, um, you know, improving your gut flora and, um, you know, taking some measures to, um, you know, correct leaky gut, dysbiosis, some of these conditions, that perhaps your body will start either producing more DAO or you'll become more sensitive to what you have. Uh, That may be a, a big step in the right direction, but it is really so individual, and that's why... I do encourage people to make sure they are working with a healthcare provider, a nutritionist, dietitian to help them out. Right. So now uh, let's just do a little review uh, about a person's symptoms and signs that they will experience if they have a food allergy versus the symptoms and signs they might experience if they have a intolerance of either a food, or a histamine. Okay, so when it comes to food allergies, the types of reactions that people will have, um, can uh, they often start with rash. So, um, and this can happen at any point in life. I mean, typically food allergies affect young children when they are introduced to a product, so peanuts or dairy or, you know, strawberry or, or, or eggs or Um, whatever the case may be. Um, Sometimes people will experience a rash. Sometimes it takes a couple of exposures before a reaction develops. You could have a rash. You could have hives, uh, difficulty swallowing. um, You can get congested. Um, That can uh, be a sign that there might be a more severe reaction down the road. And um, you go to an allergist, you get tested, and if you're fine to have um, a high sensitivity allergy to these particular things, then the doctor will advise you to stay away from them very, um, you know, 100% and that to carry an antidote, an EpiPen with you um, in case you accidentally or inadvertently ingest any of these substances. So those are your food allergies. And some of the most common ones, again, are, are eggs and dairy, um, wheat, peanuts, shellfish, Uh, Those would be, I think, some of the most common ones. So very different from a food intolerance. Food intolerance happens when your body is not breaking down a component in a food. Some of the most common food intolerances are celiac disease, which is a gluten intolerance. Your body can't break down gluten when you have celiac disease, and it acts almost like a poison in your system, and it can wipe out your normal villi, the absorptive surface of your intestine, cause horrible symptoms, um, gastrointestinal, but other things like joint pain. There can be headaches and rash and um, physical, emotional symptoms, which often stem uh, from malabsorption because the absorptive surface of the intestine is wiped out. So that's celiac. Lactose intolerance, another very common intolerance. People can't digest the sugar, the lactose in, in dairy products, and that often causes diarrhea, gas, and bloating. And varying levels of sensitivity. Some people can tolerate a little bit of cheese or, or milk. Other people, they have any, they get a bad reaction, so they either take lactase supplements or they avoid it altogether. And then histamine intolerance, which we're talking about, very, very common, and yet it reminds me kind of of celiac disease, gluten intolerance, in that our awareness of 
histamine intolerance is fairly new. People have, most people haven't heard of it or they're starting to hear about it a little bit. Even the medical community, doctors, pharmacists, nutritionists, dietitians, I would say they may, the dietitians are probably more familiar with it, but this is not as commonly known among um, other medical professionals. And the symptoms of histamine intolerance, not just the digestive problems like the gas and the bloating, diarrhea, upset stomach, but you can have racing heart, high blood pressure, dizziness, headache. Um, it can affect your sleep. You can have fatigue, um, which could be due to just the condition or due to not sleeping, um, tissue swelling, watery eyes, congestion. Some of those things can occur. And with histamine intolerance, what's happening is your body's not breaking down the histamine either in most cases because you don't have enough of that enzyme diamine oxidase. If you don't have that enzyme to break down that histamine, it can wreak havoc throughout your system. Wow. Now, you say that especially in the fall and winter months to avoid certain foods. Why is that the fall and winter months? Well, I, I think it's it's not just fall and winter, but these these food intolerances can become um, aggravated during the fall and the winter because we are eating more of these types of foods and we're going to a lot of parties. And typically when you go to parties, people are drinking more alcohol, they're eating more cheese, meats. So you go to a place and they'll have a meat and cheese tray and it's usually processed meats, cured meats. So you'll have your salamis and your kielbasa and you know, pepperoni and things like that and different cheeses. So if you have a histamine intolerance, you know, this is a tough time of year going into the holiday season. So I'm not I'm not suggesting that it's realistic for people to give up their favorite foods altogether. But what I would say is if you are listening and you're thinking, oh, gosh, I wonder if I have a histamine intolerance, you may want to check it out. If you go to that website um, I mentioned earlier, it's daodeficiency.org, daodeficiency.org. You can do the self-evaluation survey, and you can do a trial of the enzymes, See if that helps you out. Um, it, you know, it could make a world of difference. You could, you know, be something. This is some you're suffering with. You know, maybe if it's been for months or years, and gosh, this, the answer could be as simple as correcting the deficiency uh, through a supplement. Um, and if it's not that, then you know, it's something you can cross off your list in terms of what's what's triggering your problems. Right, right. So let's. Uh tag a little bit on your experience of being intolerant of gluten and for so many years knowing it, what tends to happen when we go to parties is that people will be walking around with that meat and cheese tray and, you know, shoving things into your hands and saying, eat this, you know, and uh, join us. Or even if they're not doing that, the message is really implicit. Join us. You will need to eat this food to join us. What have you found in your experience that works well to say, no, thank you? Well, when I was first diagnosed, I was very shy to talk about it. And again, I'm going back to the mid-80s. I was a young teenager, and I would eat before I went to a dinner party. Um, and I had to do that as well when I went to banquets or, or weddings, 
because I knew that there were going to be challenges and I would have a difficult time eating. And there was such poor awareness back then that, you mm-hmm. know, if I said to somebody I had gluten intolerance, they'd be like, what? You have glucose? You can't have glucose? I'd be no gluten and nobody knew what gluten was. <laughs> and then I'd have to explain it. And then inevitably, uh, people would um, give me stuff, something that had gluten in it by accident. They wouldn't realize that, for example, wheat was an ingredient in the soy sauce or that they had coated the chicken with with flour before they baked it or that they had you know thickened something with wheat there were so many uh, landmines for me when I was eating out um, when I was first diagnosed that I, I would kind of shy away from those situations now today it's much easier and when I go out to a restaurant I always tell the server that I have gluten intolerance but I have very severe form and I have celiac disease and so I need their help 100% gluten-free and sometimes I have to get the manager involved or I'll ask to speak to a manager because too many times I've actually been what I call glutenated. I've been out and experienced uh, and I've tried my best to communicate my, my um, food intolerance. I get a little gluten and it ruins my night. It can ruin how I feel for days and so... I'm always very um, vocal and about, you know, my needs for their help and, and, you know, with selecting items on the menu or even making me something special. And I find 90% of restaurants are accommodating and they understand. When I travel, which I do travel a lot, I always pack snacks from the airplane. I have, you know, a bag of almonds and cashews and I carry, I love Lara bars and a few other types of bars that are gluten-free and I'll carry those with me. So I always have healthy snacks because inevitably the, the stuff they serve on the plane, it's pretzels or flour-coated peanuts or things that I can't have. Um, and I've learned to deal with it. And I can say that, you know, today it's really easy for me having um, celiac disease because there's so many options available. It was a lot more more difficult in the um, in the 80s when I was a teenager, but I'm grateful that it's you know there's greater awareness today and and now that we have this issue with histamine intolerance and there's you know building awareness with this and I think that with the tools available the self assessment tools and thankfully there's enzymes I mean it would be horrible if there was no supplemental strategy and you decide to avoid right. all those foods. <laughs> Can you imagine, you know, I've talked to people and they say, what do you mean I can't have, and I say, no, 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 you don't have to avoid these foods. You know, you can if you choose to, and some people have to go to a low histamine diet, that's fine, but at least there is a supplemental approach that can be very effective um, right. in helping people that have this, this issue. Right. Well, we are nearing time for the end of the show. It just goes so fast. Uh, Sherry, how can people connect with you again? You can check out my website. That's sherrytorkus.com. It's S-H-E-R-R-Y-T-O-R-K-O-S. Check out sherrytorkus.com. Or you can go to uh, daodeficiency.org for more information and and to access that self-evaluation tool and uh, to be able to get a trial of the the enzymes. You can check out daodeficiency.org. Absolutely wonderful. Well, folks... This time that we have together really does go so fast. And I do want to remind everybody that what I talk about on this show is not only health of the body, but also health of the heart. And I'm not talking about that beating heart. I'm talking about the heart that says, I love you with all my heart, heart. And it is so important that the wise men over the centuries have always said, guard your heart for everything that you do flows from it. 
Sherry, thank you so much for joining me and for this so important information about histamine intolerance. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. And folks, and until next week, blessings. Thank you again for taking the advice of your heart and tuning in to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. Please join your host, Dr. Marianne Chase, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to talk to you again next week. Thank you.